The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. When it comes to disobedience, you don't learn disobedience. Because then human body or the human being is naturally set to a default mode of disobedience. That's your default mode. Your default mode is disobedient. You don't have to struggle to disobey. Have you noticed? It's easy to disobey. It's easy. But it's hard to obey. (laughs) To obey, you have to be conscious of going against disobedience. It's a good news. Um, we are starting from, I was meant to start today, but I think we'll start from next week. Starting from next week, uh, we'll be giving out uh, money for free groceries to members of the church for those who need it. Is it, is it today? It's next week. Okay. For those who need it. Only for those who need it. So if you don't need it, you don't say, I will take it. Amen. Only for those who need it. So starting from next week, I think that will be at least uh, one family every week is a good idea, isn't it? Because we're a blessed church to be a blessing to the world. Amen. Amen. The church is about giving more than about taking. That's right. are, because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Yes. Amen. And um, so, uh, apart from that, uh, you know, this year we listed our vision for the year, which we have to an extent fulfilled all of them with the exception of two. Uh, The two visions we haven't fulfilled yet is we said we're going to build a classroom in a village somewhere, but we haven't had a good correspondence to be able to do that, so we haven't done that yet. The second thing, if you you are here from the beginning, the first Sunday, we listed a lot of visions as to things we're going to do. By the grace of God, we have done all of them except two. The classroom, and then the second one is Vision 521. And this year, we said we are increasing. Uh, Last year, we gave 500 pounds, 200 pounds, 100 pounds uh, to businesses in the church or people who are in businesses to go and use the money to develop their business further. And then after they have prospered in their business, they bring back the 500 pounds, the 200 pounds, and the 100 pounds that was given to them. But unfortunately, some people run away with their money, which is bad. But that doesn't mean we have to stop doing it. So this year, we have increased our vision 521 to 10,000 pounds. Amen. We have increased it to 10,000 pounds. And so what we are going to do is five businesses or five people who are in businesses and we are going to give instead of 100 pounds, 200 pounds and 500 pounds, we are going to be giving them 2,000 pounds each. Amen. Is that a good idea? Are you not excited? Wow. Amen. Okay, maybe we'll put vision five to one for next year if you are not excited. So, um, so starting from next month, we'll be doing that. Uh, but what we need to do is to get you to 
put in an application for it because we are not going to do what we did where people took God's money and left and ran away. They got 200, 100, and 500, and they ran away. Now there's 10,000. Now they'll be biting their fingers. I should have stayed. <laughs> I should have brought the 500 I took away. You see, that's how sad many Christians are. God give them a little blessing, and then they run away. Meanwhile, there's more blessing coming. Amen. So, I will need five businesses or more to apply. And then once you apply, there's a team set up. They'll look through. And then when we deem you fit to pay back the 2,000 pounds after you have made profit, we will give it to you. Amen. Say amen. Amen. But if we know you run away, we won't give you even one pound. Now, if you run away with the church money this time, we'll come to your house. That's the truth. We'll come, we'll send bailiffs to your house because it's God's money. Amen. And we are not going to allow people to abuse the church any longer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, last but not the least, today I'm going to preach a very short message, which I believe will really bless you. Uh, but last and not the least, we have. How many of you know that we have a free Wi-Fi in this church, which you can log on when you come? Now, what we want to do today, how many of you are on anyone here who has Facebook? Facebook? Let me see. Are you on Facebook? It's not a sin to be on Facebook. All right. You're on Facebook. Okay, please take out your phones. Go on your Facebook, log on to your Facebook, one minute, search for the church, search for Solution Chapel International. Do you have your phones? Yes. Yeah, take out your phone. The Holy Spirit is still here, don't worry. Take out your phone, search for the church, Solution Chapel International. You will see our message being streamed live. Just share the live message on your Facebook page so more people can watch with you. Share your message. Share the message on your page. Just share. Just search for Solution Chapel International. Once you see the live stream, share it on your page. Amen? Amen. Have you done that? In 30 seconds. Okay, let's count down. 30 seconds. Make sure next time you put a counter down for Everyone. Okay, have you done that? Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. How many of you have done it so far? Excellent. Somebody is going to thank you for doing that today. Amen. Because their lives are going to be saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Are you ready for the word? Okay, please turn with me to in your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. You can put your phones back in your bags now. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. I read, it says, Now it shall come to pass, if you shall diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm continuing with the message I started last week titled, Walking in Obedience. Walking in Obedience, and this is part two. Walking in Obedience, and this is part two. 
Last week, we did say that to walk in obedience is to fully align yourself with the will and the word of God despite prevailing circumstances. What does it mean to walk in obedience? To walk in obedience is to fully align yourself with the will and the word of God despite prevailing circumstances. Let's write this down. Obedience might be costly. Obedience might be costly. But the end result is rewarding. Obedience might be costly, but the end result is rewarding. So therefore, it's important for us to understand that obeying the word of God does not take us down, but rather it takes us up. Every commandment in scripture has been put in there for your upliftment. For your upliftment. The testimony we heard this morning from our brother, he said the first day he walked into this church, he heard a word on the dominion mandate. And since then, he has seen himself walking in dominion. And not only that, he heard another word on unveiling the mystery of the greater light. And as a result of that now, he's walking in that greater light. And it's showing not only in his life, in his family's life, and also at work. So you see, every word of scripture is for your upliftment. Say amen to that. Every word of God in scripture is for us to be lifted to another higher dimension. And I pray for you that greatness is coming to your life. What you are about to experience in this season has never been experienced in your family before. I decree over this church an open heaven. Where the things that God will be doing with men and women from this house will shake the foundations of the earth. Because God says it in his word. He said, if you shall diligently obey, if you shall diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God and to carefully do all his commandments, which he has commanded you, he said, the Lord your God will set you above all nations. So now I want us to begin to think this way. That as you are walking as an individual, you are above nations. Say a good amen. Amen. I said you are above nations. Right now you might not be above any nation, but five years from now, you will be above ten nations. Ten years from now, you will be above twenty nations. That's why the Bible says that the path of the just Shining how? Brighter and brighter. You will be going from glory to glory. Very soon, when your name is mentioned, it will open doors for many. A time is coming, some of you will not need visa to enter into certain nations. By the mention of your name, nations will open for you. Very soon, you'll be dining with kings and presidents. A testimony was shared a few weeks ago by one of our sisters. She said she came to church and she heard that God is going to use her for some, God is going to, I can't remember the exact word, but she said, God is going, I said, God is going to use men and women in this church, or God will give someone an idea that will downfound many. And as a result of that, she took that word and just within a few weeks, God gave her an idea that is dumbfounding the world. I'm telling you, greatness is coming out of this house. It doesn't matter where we are now. Very soon, very soon, not long from now, when we close from church, the media will be interviewing you at the car park. 
They'll be interviewing you. They'll be interviewing you. They'll be interviewing you and say, what did he say today? And when they interview you, it will be live on TV. That is where God is taking us to because God says, I will set you high above nations. Not some of the nations, all the nations. That's my destiny. That's where I'm going. It doesn't matter where I am now. I might be Jesus. I might be born in a manger. But very soon, I'll be sitting on the right hand side of God. Don't allow where you are now to defeat your future. God's word concerning you is that you will be above nations. Very soon, you will be bailing nations out. I said you will be bailing nations out. In the name of Jesus. When a nation needs to be bailed out, they will not go to the bank. They are coming to you. I said they are coming to you. The Bible says that the land could not contain the wealth of Abraham a lot. Do you know what that means? That means the bank. A time is coming. There are men and women in this church. Not too long from now. There will be no bank on this earth that can accommodate your wealth. Did you hear what I just said? There will be no bank that can accommodate the wealth that God is going to give you. In the mighty, and it comes just through one idea. Just one concept. Just one idea. That's why when you come to church, you need to open your heart. You need to open your spirit because just one word from God can open you into greatness. There's a, a family in this church. They came to church. They heard Pastor Zama preach and she said, nine to five will not benefit you nothing. She heard the word. There were multitudes in the church. She heard the word. She said, this is a word for us. They went home, started a business. Today, within two years or so, the business is employing nearly 35 people. They have 35 staff on their payroll, paying them weekly. One word, one word, one word. God's word cannot be broken. If you would diligently hack him, he said he will set you above all nations, not some nations. Until we are above all the nations, we cannot settle. Now, the reason, can I tell you why people die? People die because they settle. The moment you settle, you are ready to die. Ask any pensioner, their health deteriorates when they go into pension. The moment you start, you stop working, you start deteriorating. Let me give you an example. Go to your house today and check where there are more dust. Where there are more dust is places you don't use. What you don't use, dust settles on it. The moment you settle, dust will settle on you. If you park a car somewhere for a month or two months or three months and it's moving nowhere, dust will settle on it. I've come to prophesy to someone, it's time to move to the next level. Don't settle for where you are. You see, yes, God has given you 40 40 staff. Don't be happy. God has given you 10 million pounds. Don't be happy. Don't say, oh. Ah, and then you start singing. Ah, got a feeling. Everything's gonna be alright. Ah, got a feeling. Everything's gonna be alright. No, no. No. Don't settle. Look at someone and tell them, don't settle. Look at them and say, don't settle. You have one house, it's good, but don't settle. You have two houses, that's good, but don't settle. There is more nations to conquer, praise God. Somebody say, you have two children, don't settle. There are more babies there, hallelujah. Glory be to God, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have four. Don't settle. There is more coming. Hey. Somebody said there are more babies coming. Hallelujah. It's not time to settle. More is coming. I said more is coming. I said more is coming. Next week your testimony will be a testimony of more. God gave me more. More blessing. More promotion. More houses. More increase. We will not settle. This church, we will not settle until the whole city is emptied into this church. That's a prophecy over this ministry. Acts 13, 44. And the next Sabbath day, the whole city will be in this church. There's coming a time where there'll be no building that can accommodate this house. No building. Even if we build the biggest auditorium, there will still be people outside. Because we will not settle until we are above all the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. Please write this down. God will not do by obedience what you must do by God will not do by a miracle what you must do by obedience. God will not do by miracle what you must do by obedience. There is a place for obedience in the kingdom of God. We are under grace, yes. But it doesn't mean being under grace means we have to disobey God's word. Listen, disobedience led to the fall of man. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 15 to 17. The Bible says that then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden to tend it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, giving him specific instruction, saying, of every tree of the garden... You may freely eat. You may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. That was a specific instruction. But you know the story? Man disobeyed. God said, eat everything. How greedy can we be? It's everything, just one. And for your information, the garden was not yours. It was planted before you got there. Before you came, God had given you the garden. He said, eat everything. Eat everything in the garden, just one. Only one, don't eat. Is that difficult? No. Eat everything. But there's only one, don't touch. There are a million and a one things in that garden. Eat all of them. God says, I will set before you a table. A table that pertains to life and godliness. Eat everything. Only one thing, don't eat. Man says, uh-uh. Uh-uh. God, I don't want to eat all the other things you have provided. I want to eat the one you said I shouldn't eat. And you know the effects of disobeying the word of God. You know the effects. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 17 to 24. Let's quickly look at the effects. What happened when they disobeyed the word of the Lord. The Bible says, uh, then Adam, then to Adam, this is, I, I don't want to t- talk about uh, what God put on, on the serpent and on the woman. I want to f- emphasize on the man. So the Bible says that then to Adam, he said, God said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, 
Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are. And to dust you shall return. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden. To till the ground from which he was taken. So you see. The moment they disobeyed, God sent him out of the garden. Verse 24, the Bible says that so he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden, a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So see what happens. See the effects of disobedience. Every time you disobey the word of God, God takes you out of the blessing he has provided for you into toiling. May it not be so. Last week I said, if there is toiling in any area of your life, it might be because you have disobeyed the voice of God. God wants to lift you up. But you have to be willing. You have to be obedient. And then you'll eat the good of the land. You see, I see God raising men and women from this church who will be global giants. Right now, nobody knows you, but come 10 years time, you will be a global giant in your chosen field of career. It won't be long. I said it won't be long. It won't be long. You are coming into it like a dream. And please hear me. Every time you hear a prophetic word, a rhema word that resonates with your heart, you need to act on it. Amen? You need to act on it. The moment you start acting on the word, God begins to make resources available to bring that word to pass. Write this down. The antidote for disobedience is prompt obedience. The antidote to disobedience is prompt obedience. Romans chapter 5 from verse 17 to 19. It says, for for if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. Verse 19 is key. Verse 19 says, for us by one man's man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. This is very key. I want you to underline that. It says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. This is critical for us to understand that your act of disobedience doesn't just affect you. It's generational. Adam disobeying the word of God did not just affect Adam. It affected the whole mankind. It affected the whole human race. The Bible says, for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So imagine your act of disobeying God, what it is doing to your generation. Not only that, your children, your children's children, and generations after you. Because whether you like it or not, 
An elephant can never give birth to a cat. <laughs> Did you get that? Yes. An elephant can never give birth to a lizard. An elephant will always give birth to an elephant. If you walk in disobedience, you'll give birth to disobedience. And let me say this. Anything you receive in life through an act of disobedience (laughs) will give birth to many more acts of disobedience. So because Adam disobeyed God, Look at where mankind is. Yesterday we were out evangelizing in Crowley and we saw Blessing. Uh, it was good to see her. She left last night to uni. Um, and I was telling my wife, the demographics of Crowley has changed. I said, wow. We were going through places I haven't been for probably a year or two. And I said, my goodness, Crowley is changed. We really need to pray for Crowley. We cannot just be happy and say, we come to church, the church is full. And so that's it. No, there is more work to be done out there. The level of sin out there was terrifying. Children, young people involving openly in acts of sin. I said, wow, we have a lot of work to do. We need to pray for the peace of this city, of this town. So anything you receive in an act of disobedience will give birth to many more acts of disobedience. Adam didn't know that that just one act of disobeying God would have led to the entire human race walking in perpetual pain. That's why it's important to think about decisions before you make them. (laughs) It's so important. We have to live intentionally. Our life has to be intentionally lived. Because whether you like it or not, whatever you are doing today is sending a message to someone out there. So Romans chapter 5 verse 19, the Bible says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. This is Jesus. Now, the the interesting thing about this is when Adam disobeyed God, because Adam was the first seed, every seed that came out of Adam has to be reproduced after its kind. That's the law of God. That's why I said an elephant can never give birth to a lizard. Did you get it? But now, when Jesus obeyed God, Notice what the Bible says. It says also, so by one man's obedience, many will be made. It is futuristic. So with the aspect of Jesus' obedience, you have to come to a point of accepting Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior before you can experience the blessing that follows in obeying Jesus. Are you following what he's saying here? It says, but the, the moment... Adam's sin, Adam's sin automatically got every man into sin. But Jesus' obedience has to trigger man to come to a point of saying, okay, I'm a sinner, I need your help before they can be saved. Are you following me? Very important. That's why the antidote for disobedience is what? Prompt obedience. 
not delayed, prompt. Jesus was taught obedience through suffering. Even Jesus had to learn obedience. How many of you believe that Jesus is God? Even though Jesus is God, he has to learn obedience through what? Suffering. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 9. The Bible says that who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, talking about Jesus, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience. That means obedience can be learned. That means you can learn obedience. When it comes to disobedience, you don't learn disobedience. Because then human body or the human being is naturally set to a default mode of disobedience. That's your default mode. Your default mode is disobedience. You don't have to struggle to disobey. Have you noticed? It's easy to disobey. It's easy. But it's hard to obey. (laughs) To obey, you have to be conscious of going against disobedience. So the Bible says that Jesus, even though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the many things he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Oh, that's powerful. He became the author of eternal salvation to all, not to some, to all who do what? Obey him, talking about Jesus. So, if Jesus learned obedience, that means we can also learn obedience. And my prayer is that God will give you grace to obey. Oh, say amen to that. May God give you grace to obey. Say a good amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8. The Bible says that Jesus being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He became. He became. He became, he became obedient unto death. He became obedient. He humbled himself and he became obedient even to the death on the cross. He had a choice to come off from the cross, but he humbled himself. He became. That means you can become. You can become obedient. Amen? You can become obedient. Being obedient is not difficult. It's easy. Say amen. Amen. (laughs) Grace to walk in ultimate obedience comes upon you today. I said grace to walk in ultimate obedience comes upon you when? Today. In the name of Jesus. Listen, obedience is the trigger for supernatural breakthroughs. Obedience is the trigger for supernatural breakthroughs. And for your information, delayed obedience is disobedience. (laughs) Almost all of us here have gone on the plane once or twice before. When you book your flight, you are sent an itinerary what time the plane will take off. Is that correct? Even though your name is on the manifest. Is it manifest? What do you call it? Is it manifest? Is it manifest? Even though your name is on the manifest, when the time comes and you delay, and you don't show up, the plane will leave you. Your name is on the manifest, but the plane will leave you. They'll call, Mr. 
Kelechiolero. The plane leaves at 2 p.m. Boarding gate is closing in five minutes. Please report to the boarding gate. Last call. If you delay, you have disobeyed the rules of the airline and you will be left behind. So please hear me. Delayed obedience is disobedience. When God tells you to do something, you don't do it promptly, you have disobeyed God. Because you see, what you have to understand with God is he opens portals. Portals are open. When it's open at a certain second, you need to enter. If you don't enter, it will close. When the door is closed, it may be another 20 years and you might not have that 20 years. Delayed obedience keeps you in the same place. Every instruction from God is a test. You either write it at the time or you wait for another year to write it. Every instruction, every divine instruction from God is a test. You either write it now or you write it 10 years. God will not wait for you. Once you delay, the door is closed. He's looking for another one. Have you not heard? God said, I'm looking for a man who will stand in the gap. He's looking. It's an open invitation. If you stand in, you'll be used. If you avail yourself, he will use you. But if you don't avail yourself, he's looking for another one. Did you, do you think Mary was the only virgin? When, when God wanted to birth forth Jesus here on earth, there were many, many virgins. There were many virgins. So don't think God will be waiting for I, I Listen, I believe in grace. This is a ministry of grace. But you see, being under grace doesn't mean God suspends all other laws. Being under grace doesn't mean the law of gravity is suspended. If you like, jump 20 floors and see if the law of gravity is suspended. No, being under grace does not mean all other laws of God are suspended. Please get this right. Every examination has its timing. You don't choose the timing to write the exams. It's God who chooses the time. Who sets the time for the exams? It's God, not you. It's the examiner. How many of you have written texts here before? Anyone? Did you decide to say, the test will be written. <laughs> no. We don't choose the time. It's God who determines. It's the examiner who determines the time. And in this instance, God is the examiner. That's why prompt obedience works faster than any other form of obedience. Prompt obedience. The moment God tells you to do it, do it. John 2, 5. Whatever he tells you to do, don't think about it, just do it. Because every instruction from God is to take you to the next level. Every instruction from God is to take you and I to the next level. So the moment God gives you an instruction, do it. That's why prompt obedience works faster than any form of obedience. And listen, it takes the power of God's grace to walk, to walk in prompt obedience. Do you think when God came to Abraham and said, sacrifice your only son, the one you love, Isaac, do you think it was easy? Come on now. There's been instructions God has given me 
that were not easy. <laughs> not easy. Not easy. I'm naturally a kind who will never ask anybody for things. That's me, by nature. So when God says, leave your job and go into full-time ministry, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. I didn't know about offering. I didn't know about tithes and offering. I never knew about anything like that. (laughs) I never knew about... Uh, the, the honest truth is, I never knew about money in ministry. All I was asking God, how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to take care of myself? Because naturally, I will never ask anybody anything. That's by nature. Because throughout my years, I've learned how to work and taking care of myself. Even when I was in secondary school, I was working, working and making money, good money. Come Christmas, my bank was under my pillow, under my bed, under my bed. I will, you know, when I get my money, I will go and change it into brand new cash. Come Christmas, I'll go and gather all my money and start counting it. Who? It was a lot of money. And then I'll go, I'll give my dad money, I'll give my mom money, and then I'll give money to buy rice, buy chicken, cook for the whole house, and I determine which part of the chicken meat I eat. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. In those days, dads were the one who eats the biggest meat, but when you are the one who has given the money... You know, you have to, you know, dad cannot compete with you in this case. <laughs> Praise God. I like the chicken thigh. So, because I don't want dad also likes the chicken thigh, we don't want to compete, so we'll buy a lot of chickens. So, they'll cook a lot of chickens. I have two chicken thighs. And then the rest can go to him. I was working very, so... I knew how to make money at a very young age. So for God to come tell me now to go into ministry where you are now going to depend on people's offering. If they come and they like your face, they give. If you say something and they are not happy, they say, why did he preach on obedience in the church today? Does he not know that I'm the one who brings tithes and offering? Please, for your information, we don't depend on your tithes and offerings in this church. So, when God said to go into ministry, it was grace for prompt obedience. And today, God has blessed us Amen. tremendously. Amen. Write this down. Prompt obedience requires no negotiation. Prompt obedience requires no negotiation. So when God tells you go, don't negotiate with God. Or else you'll become like Jonah. You'll be swallowed by the fish. Or the fish will swallow you. When God tells you go to Nineveh, just promptly obey. Don't ask God. Am I going to get married there? Is there a husband there for me? You don't know. Is there a wife there for me? You don't know. After I finished my education in this country, I wanted to go home. Every time I wanted to go, God would say, stay a year more. Every time I wanted to go, God stays stay a year. I didn't know he was going to give me a wonderful wife. You see, sometimes we want to plan our own life, but God has better plans for us. So prompt obedience is non-negotiable. It requires, please, can I tell you this? Anything God tells you to do, just do it. Anything God tells you to do, please, just do it. Don't even, that's what Paul said. Paul said, 
When I heard God, the voice of God, I did not concur with man or nor flesh. I obeyed immediately. No wonder Paul became the greatest out of them all. Anything God tells you do, do, please, just do it. You need wine? He said, pour water. In your obedience, as you are going, the water will be turned into wine. But if you are checking, ah, I need wine, but this is water. I need wine, Jesus. This is water. This is water. He says, serve, serve. As you are serving, don't be thinking, ah, it's water. No. As you serve, it might look white. There's white wine, right? There's white wine, right? As you serve the water, and the people start drinking. You are thinking it's water. But the one drinking is drinking wine. You see, every time God tells you to do something, please, just do it. If you are at the bus stop or you are driving and God tells you, stop the car, tell that person about Jesus. Don't say, I'm late for work. Just do it. Because you might not know that talking to that one about Jesus will save their life from hell. Most of the time, we want to reason the things of God out. You said, I want wine. God says, serve water. He said, God, don't embarrass me. He has the power to turn water into wine. Don't start calculating. But it takes nine months. It takes one year. It takes ten years for the, for the, for the, for the grapes to ferment into the best wine. What was the testimony from the governor of the wedding? He said, Who, where have you kept this good wine? Everyone serves the best wine. But you have kept the best for last. Solution, I have good news for you. God is keeping us the best for last. Sometimes you might not understand why God is keeping you in certain places, but he is keeping the best for last. When you show up, the whole world will wonder, where did we come from? Where have they been? You will never miss your destiny. I said you will never miss your destiny. I love Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. We saw God give Abraham specific instruction. Verse 4, the Bible says that, and Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken unto him. That's prompt obedience. Your church is where it is today through obedience. For your information, when we started this church, as big as this room is, I used to be the only one preaching to empty chairs. Where you are sitting today, it used to be empty chair. I used to preach to the chairs. <laughs> it's an act of obedience that has brought us this far. Without prompt obedience, God cannot fully bless you. You will get little drips here and there, but you will not get the full obedience, the full blessing that comes from God. So it's time to walk in obedience. Finally, as we close, five recommended areas to start your walk of obedience in. Five recommended areas. Number one, we must walk in love. Number one, walk in love. Ephesians chapter five, verse one and two. Are you getting something out of this? 
five recommended areas that we must walk in love in. So that we must start our walk of obedience in. Number one is we must walk in love. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, I read. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Walk in love. Walking in love is key. Can I tell you this? When you walk in love, obeying God is easy. When you walk in love, obeying God is easy. Jesus said, take upon you my yoke, for my yoke is not grievous. When you walk in love, have you noticed that when you walk in love, when somebody, you're walking in love towards, towards someone, when they do the wrong thing, you don't see it. Because love covers multitudes of sins. When you, I remember when my wife and I were courting. We're still courting now, though. Our courting is for life. When we're courting, we'll be on the phone for hours chatting. In those days, we didn't have free, free minutes like we had now, so you have to pay to put your pay to put minutes. We'll be talking, talking, talking for hours. We don't know. I don't know what we're talking about. Hours late into the night. My money will finish on my phone. She, she had a, a contract then, so she had unlimited minutes. Sometimes she said, oh, let me call you. I said, no, because I'm the man. I want to show the praise God. Love must cost you something. We'll be talking, 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 and then my line will go off. I said, okay, I'll call you back. When she calls, I'm putting my five pounds quickly so I can call her back. Hours. Have you noticed that when you are walking in love, distance is not an issue. I used, I used to live in Hackney. She used to live in, in Saturn. I would go on the bus for hours to go to Saturn. Love. Love. When you are in love, distance, no matter how far it is, you say it is too short. It's too short. But when you are not in love, just 10 minutes is too far. <laughs> 10 minutes is too far. You see, those stingy people don't walk in love. You've ne- not bought your wife anything for the past six years. You are a stingy man. And don't be a man in this church and be stingy. <laughs> I'm preaching good today. I'm telling you, I'm going into some areas that some men are feeling very uncomfortable. It's helping, it's part of working in obedience. I said, but we have a project. Yes, you have a project, but yeah, buy, buy your wife something nice. This week, some of you who have not bought anything for years, you need to repent. You need to work in prompt obedience. Ladies, you are not supporting me. Excluding my wife, though. My wife should not. Because she's got her portions already. Praise God. How many of you women are going to come and testify next week that pastor, my husband, Husbands, don't disappoint me, please. Amen. Amen. Don't disappoint me. Walk in love. Amen. Number two area, recommended area we must walk in obedience in is seven in the church. Seven in the church. Job chapter 36, verse 11 and 12. Job chapter 36, verse 11 and 12. It says, if they will obey and serve him, 
they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. But if they do not obey, they shall perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. That will not be your portion. The first one will be your portion. If they will obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Is that not a great promise? So serve. Serve in the church. Don't serve and stop. Continue to serve. There's so much blessing in serving the Lord. You have no idea. So much blessing. So much blessing. Number three, area of recommended area for us to work in obedience in is by inviting others to church. Inviting others to church. John chapter 4, verse 28 to 30. Inviting others to church. The Bible says that the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all the things which I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Hallelujah. Look at what this woman did. She invited a whole city to Jesus, to church. Please, when you leave here today, take flyers, invite someone to church. Number four. Number four area, recommended area of working in obedience is attending a home cell on a regular basis. Acts chapter 2, verse 47, verse 46 to 47. attend a home cell. We call it heaven house. So this month we want to encourage you. Look for a one closer to you. If you are not volunteering your house look for one. If there is none in your area volunteer your house for a heaven house. Acts chapter 4 verse 46 to 47. Sorry, Acts chapter 2. Did I say Acts chapter 4? Acts chapter 2. It says, so continuing daily, talking about the apostles, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Hallelujah. Look at verse 46 carefully. It says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, home cell. It helps to grow you as a, as a Christian. Look for a home cell in your area and attend. If there is no home cell in your area, volunteer your house to be used as a home cell. Last but not the least, the fifth area that we are recommended to work in obedience in is attend church regularly. Attend church regularly. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. Attend church services regularly. I do understand that some of us work on Sundays or on a weekday. But on the day that you know you are not awake, you are not working, let it be a habit for you to be in the house of God. Say amen to that. 
that's one of the areas that will help you to grow in the things of God. In Jesus' name. Did you get something out of this today? Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning, someone invited you to church, or you just decided to come yourself because you saw people walking in here, or somebody invited you, and you haven't given your life to Jesus, if you die today, you don't know where you will be. He said, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I would like to pray for you. I would like to pray for you. You haven't given your life to Jesus. You don't have any personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you die now, you don't know where you will end. You don't know whether you'll make heaven or you'll make hell. Even if you have doubts in your mind, that means you're not sure. I want to pray with you. If you are that person, please lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to give your life to Jesus? I would like to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Anyone? Uh, if you're watching live on the stream, I said, Pastor, I would like to give my life to Jesus. Let's say this together. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I come to you just as I am. Forgive me of my sins. Write my name in your book of life. May I serve you all the days of my life. From today, I have decided to follow you. No turning back. No turning back. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.